Why do we pray in the name of Jesus, and why should we? This is Saturday, August 19th, and maybe you've wondered this. Why do Christians pray in Jesus' name? In our world, we understand the power of connections. For example, if I have a health issue, I know a number of doctors. I can pick up the phone and reach out to one of them, and they can answer my questions or direct me where I need to go for help. Also, if I have a legal question, we have a number of lawyers in our church. I can call one of them. You understand, and you name it. They're contractors, psychologists, real estate agents. We have an immense network of relationships connecting us to many other people, people that can assist us when we have questions or need help. How would we be able to do life without these connections? We can't really. Now here's our scripture passage for today, John chapter 16, verse 22 to 24. So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. In that day you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly I tell you my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Now, in explaining the route the disciples will take to joy in him, Jesus explains also that after the cross and resurrection, they will make their requests of the Father in his name. Now, they've never done that before. They've heard him pray to the Father, and they have too. But after the ascension, Jesus will no longer be with them. He will be with the Father. But he tells them that they will come to the Father in his name. Why will they do that? And why should we do that as well? Well, first, in Jesus, we have this new intimate connection to the Father God. This new access gives us the freedom to come to God at all times and for all things. The cross not only means Jesus' self-substitute for us, but because of the cross, there's nothing standing between us and God. I remember hearing about a young man that received his inheritance from his father. But after the money was left to him, he did not tap into any of those resources. The truth is that they were already his. They had been given freely by, him, by, by his father, to him with no strings attached. He could use them as he pleased. But he never used those monies. He never benefited from those new resources. Now we hear this and it, it just doesn't make sense. But think about where we stand. We've also been granted an overwhelming inheritance through the death of Jesus on our behalf. But how often do we make use of the new access that we have to the Father? Do we realize that we can come boldly before God and make our requests to Him? Do we understand that our Father wants us to come to, to Him? He wants us to make requests of Him? And second, Jesus says that whatever we ask in His name, the Father will give us. Now, this is not some kind of wish list praying, but instead Jesus' invitation to come before the Father through Him. This means seeing that Jesus is our advocate before the Father. 
Now we have seen and we know the love of Jesus, but can you imagine any better connection to the Father than through Jesus who loves us? Through Jesus who is willing to die to redeem us? Our prayers brought before God in the name of Jesus means that they are brought through Jesus. He sits at the right hand of the Father as our advocate, our defender, and the one who intercedes for us in everything as we pray. Do you think he will be bringing before the Father that which is not his will or that which is not for our good? I don't think so. I think those connections we have, those professional connections that we mentioned to start today, we can reach out to if need be because of friendships, relationships. We know that help is there for us. And this is the way it is with Jesus, but far more. He always lives to intercede for us. Indeed, Jesus does this even when we do not request his help. Why? Well, he loves us. He's already come for us and redeemed us, and we are his. Now, there's one final word from this section that should grab us. Jesus says, ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. What does asking and receiving have to do with our joy? Well, Jesus is describing this relationship that we have with the Father through him. Prayer and answers to prayer reveal to us this vital connection. They make it clear that God is our loving Father and that he hears us, and this in turn gives us joy. I remember talking with a man that explained that when he was a boy, the most important thing that is that about his baseball games was that his father would show up to watch him play. In a sense, he played because he knew his father would come out. So when the game began, this boy would keep one eye on the parking lot, watching for his father's car to drive in, his father to show up. He had more joy in the love and smile of his father than in doing well in the game, although doing well helped. Why were these times so special? They were shared points of connection between father and son, and the reminder that his father loved him and was there to cheer him on. And I think all of us want to know this about our Heavenly Father. And this is why and how prayer can do so much to cultivate joy, cultivate joy in us. In our prayers and God's answers, we can see God working and know that God is engaged with us in the world. We can know his presence and see that he is for us. Let's pray. Father, help us to see your hand as we pray and as you answer. We're grateful to have an advocate, an intercessor in Jesus, the one who sits at your right hand. And we pray today in his name. 